0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. We are back. The Redskins and Giants combined for 76 fantasy points and a couple of teams in the NFL can't even score two touchdowns. Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
0: Sports today. For the end zone, it is caught! Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh, Pass is caught!
1: Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Pisapia with you here on the show on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hope you guys are having a great holiday season. Thanks for listening to us all fantasy football season long as we get ready to close the book on the 2019 fantasy football season. We move into 2020 pretty soon with some more baseball talks and college basketball talk, everything that's going on in sports, not just this. And, of course, they have the NFL playoffs coming up. Two teams that will not be playing in the NFL playoffs, Joe. We start back off the Falcons and Jaguars. Jaguars looked exactly like they did last week, except for they just didn't come back and win. Although they did kind of battle there at the end. Uh, Matt Ryan, three sixty four, one touchdown, two picks. Devonta Freeman broke my heart, fifty three yard touchdown. Maybe I shouldn't have ripped him all year. He finally showed up. Nine <laughs> catches, seventy four yards and a touchdown. Good job. You're done after the year. Yeah, Julio well, Jones,
0: it's been a
2: good all purpose year for him. He's I'm done. saying it wasn't a he's rushing cut, year, but it's a catching year.
1: Cut after the year. <laughs> uh, Julio Jones, monster, ten catches, one hundred sixty six yards. He came through for sure. Uh, Gardner Minshew. 181 and a touchdown. He's not going to win rookie of the year, but boy, he just keeps fighting with this team every week. Fournette, 71 rushing yards, and Conley, who nobody played in anything except for maybe DFS, two catches for 56 yards. This game was a dud from the beginning. Uh, Joe, the Falcons just went uh, up pretty big on Jacksonville, which is exactly what the Raiders did last week too. And then, by the way, the Jaguars did come back. They did, at the end of the game, have the ball, uh, I believe, on the two-yard line of Atlanta with a chance to cover the spread. And then and in this game, they fell short. So that's not a really uh, big surprise. Uh, maybe a big surprise. I know that you're not a huge Doug Marone fan. The Jaguars over the weekend announced that, or at least speculation, is, is that they're going to bring back the general manager and the coach, Doug Marone, here. <laughs> so so you, you
2: get rid of Tom Coughlin, but you keep everybody else that he hired. Well, I maybe mean... they
1: thought he was the issue. I don't know.
2: Oh, uh, you know what? They, look, Doug, this is I think this is just the classic. Oh, everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. And then wah, it comes down. Could on be. Everybody Very well. Could be. Very well. That's could what be. it feels like. Yeah. It could
1: be. It could be. They say they want to win their last Chad Con, The owner said they want to win their last two games. This was not a an indictment of that, um, you know, for the Falcons. You know, it does create an interesting situation because, Joe, they did play a lot better in the second half of the season than they did the first. And their weapons that they've had over the last few years came through in this game like they've come through the last few years. But the problem is it was just so inconsistent all year long. The only one that you could just start with a bullet was Julio Jones. And that was basically it. All the other guys were kind of hit or miss. But I think Atlanta's not in a terrible spot either. I, they probably have to fix their defense. But offensively with Ryan and Jones and Ridley and Gage played well down the stretch. And maybe they'll bring Freeman back uh, potentially with some competition there. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's not a bad spot to go to if I'm a coach in the NFL.
2: No, it's a, it's a spot that would, you could turn around very quickly. I, I do agree with that. I think a little bit of help at linebacker would go a long way with this team. Somebody who's physical, tackling, sideline to sideline kind of a guy that's what they should be looking for in the draft, without a doubt. Uh, you have still a good receiving core with Ridley there. Uh, we know Julio is all world. We'll see what happens with the running back position too. That's going to be fascinating to see what happens there, and if you know they draft one. You always said it's a decent running back class, so we'll see if somebody new comes in, or if they're in the market for a free agent potentially. But probably last year for Freeman there. Freeman will get a job somewhere else, and he'll be probably useful in PPR leagues yet again. I don't see any way, shape, or form Doug Marone should keep his job. I think that's just madness. Uh, I would be curious. Do you think that Gardner Minshew is the kind of guy that if you brought in somebody's got a good track record working with quarterbacks like a Mike McCarthy could get something out of Minshew and go win there in Jacksonville? I say yes. What do you say? Mm, I don't think so,
1: but I I, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out him having the starting job next year. But I, I think Jacksonville situation may be one of the tr- sort of show that they're trying at the beginning of the year, and if it goes south, just tank the rest of the year. I could see I could see Jacksonville tanking for Lawrence that I could see. So, oh, man, it, it,
2: everyone's going to want that kid, boy. I mean, that's no, that, just that, that
1: guy's above Burrow. So what will happen is my guess is Jacksonville brings in a guy like a vet, you know, like a veteran type, like, you know, like Winston, that's the fair name that'll go around like uh, like some other quarterback. They have a battle, um, you know, maybe even I know it doesn't sound like a sexy name, but maybe even like a Keenum type where they have this this you know spring fight or this uh, you know summer fight to see who wins. They open up the season. If they start off okay, they fight a little. If not, they go just all the way down to the ground. And then uh, is
2: Fitzpatrick going to come back with the Dolphins? I'm not sure what his contract is, but uh, he, he could. You can only really imagine it's a one year deal because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It is one year, but, yeah. But you could. know what? Get a loss in the shuffle. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick's been
1: pretty? He good. had a good year. He did. <laughs> really has. He did. He oh,
2: did.
1: Unreal. All right. Uh, Giants and Redskins scored seventy six points. Giants were up huge <laughs> in this game, and let and we'll let Washington come all the way back. All I got to give credit to Washington. They have fought their You know what? Off the last month. Uh, Daniel Jones, boy, you know, why did I start him, right? Or pick him up? Three, three, that's what everyone's asking themselves. 352 and five touchdowns. Barkley had his best game of the year by far. 189 and a touchdown, four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Golden Tate closes out in a good way, six for 96 for him. Shepard came back and had a great game, six for 96. Uh, I, I doubt that. I probably have the stats wrong, but, but Shepard did have a touchdown. Uh, Caden Smith, their tight end, who's played for Ingham, has done a really good job. He scored twice, and Slayton got hurt early in the game, came back late, but wasn't a factor. Uh, Haskins. Did not play particularly well, kept them in the game for a while, got hurt. Keenum came in and rallied them, and Keenum probably earned a job for next year off that performance. Adrian Peterson, 36 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, again, with a good game, 7 for 86. And Stephen Sims Jr., not really sure who he is, but he had two touchdowns, six catches, 64 yards. And it appears as though, from my perspective on Washington, is they have built a nice little wide receiving core with these no-name guys from the beginning of the season. And, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to they be OK. They're
2: on the right track. Maybe they I'll tell you what, they're they're set up as the two spot right now. Right. So if they take the defensive player with young yeah, and mm-hmm. they get some development out of Haskins, maybe in the offseason. And, you know, you're going to have to. This is another team that desperately needs a running back. And if that's a Devontae Freeman, if it's somebody, whoever it might be, this is the, the secret There is They need a running back. They can count on who is going to make an impact to be a focal point running back, not, a, not an ancillary piece running back, like a focal point running back. And there's some guys out there on the free agent wire. And even some guys in the draft, you can do that. You got to turn the page on guys. You have to turn the page on Adrian Peterson. And I'm going to say this right now, all you giant fans out there. I know it's been a rough couple of years, but you look at this division. I'm telling you next year, if the giants can stay healthy and if the giants can remake this retool, this defense and bring in some real guys who can cover and maybe hit on one guy in the draft. I'm telling you right now, I think the giants can compete for that title next year in the, in the NFC East. I really do. I think yeah, they could win that so. division.
1: The Jets beat the Steelers 16-10. to 10. Steelers Ugh. gave away their playoff shot there, probably. Sam Darnold, 183 and a touchdown. Bell, who you had to probably start, gave you another 12, 13 points in fantasy, 72 yards and four catches. Robbie Anderson, two catches and uh, had a touchdown, so he closes out the season good. If he can not get in any trouble in the offseason, maybe he'll be all right. But he's been arrested like a dozen times in the last year or so. Uh, Hodges played awful, 84 yards. They pulled him two picks. Rudolph, okay, 129 and a touchdown. James Conner hurt again, 32 yards. Deontay Johnson, who was really the top option on the waiver wire on uh, on Sunday morning when you woke up. I saw him like available in like, every league. I don't think anybody pulled the trigger on that. Uh, Juju had a lost season, two catches, 22 yards. Washington, five for 41. Uh, this is pretty simple. The Jets got a meaningless win, one that's only going to hurt mm-hmm. them in the draft. But for Gase, he's looking for every win he can get. Maybe closes out the season shockingly at 7-9. and nine. And Joe, from Pittsburgh's perspective, this was a game that they obviously had to have, but the line was fishy with pittsburgh only being three-point favorites and that kind of told the story to me here is that the steelers just without any viable quarterback play have no shot and i just even it wouldn't shock me to see them lose uh, next week too great defense no offense you can only get by on that for so long
2: yeah and next year you hope that big ben is healthy and back and that uh, this is another team too i think would be well served to figure it out everything that i was worried about at running back with the steelers going into this year with connor all my worst fears and all the worst scenarios all happened roethlisberger got hurt Juju got hurt and struggled and not only did Connor get exposed at times, but the injuries and injuries and injuries on top of injuries, in-game injuries, post-game injuries, pre-game injuries, just injuries everywhere. And this was a tough matchup anyway against the Jets, who were the second-ranked run defense anyway this year. So I did not love this matchup with Connor. I got a lot of questions about Connor this weekend and they were all, do you have a better option? DeAndre Washington, take it. Do you have a better, who is it? This guy, take it. Because I just was fearful of two things, the injury and the matchup. And those are two negatives that were so huge And then he factored in the quarterback play and Hodges came out. He was taken out. Then Mason Rudolph came in through a touchdown. He got hurt. Hodges went back in. There was a funny guy in the stands. I don't know if you saw this clip on social. This guy was wearing a Hodges jersey. uh, Pittsburgh Steeler guy took it off, put on the Mason Rudolph jersey, and then put on the Rudolph mask uh, as well. So he had this giant reindeer mask in the Rudolph jersey. Then Rudolph got hurt. He had to take the mask off and switch jerseys again. It was very funny. <laughs> so he kept doing this thing. Did funny. they go back to Hodges? I didn't even notice that. They had to. Yeah. Because, oh, I didn't because even Mason notice. Rudolph, that. Yeah. Mason Rudolph got hurt in this game with a shoulder, came down on the non-throwing shoulder. He was in pain. <laughs> and uh, Hodges had to come back into this <laughs> game later on. So yeah. just, a you know, it was a great job by Mike Tomlin. But Cinderella turned into a pumpkin here. I think. Yeah. I think this Hey, look, they, have a, they
1: still this. have a shot to get in. It's not, it's not over yet. Uh probably the worst take, the worst takes that I saw all season long on fantasy football were the Mason Rudolph is going to be great takes. The, those t- that to me was the only thing that yeah, really was the, that. Who was saying that? Yeah, there were there were a lot of oh, you gotta play him. You got I mean
2: uh, Everybody you, that I know who's talked to like you, Scott Bogman, John Law, any college football person that I respect, and I asked about Mason Rudolph, I got the same exact answer across the board on. So this is why it's important to follow college football people. If you a little, uh, bit, if you play, a little, even football. just a little bit, it'll be the same thing with
1: Jordan Love next year. Watch, guaranteed. You know, I'm telling you now, he's going go to do that combine. He's going. Oh, Jordan Love's going to be. A mark one. it down,
2: boys and girls. Jordan, mark it down.
1: Just remember that Jordan Love lost to Kent State in their bowl game. Last <laughs> game play. Just remember that. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. Coming up next, Eagles and Cowboys. We break it all down for you. Don't go away.
0: Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good.
1: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you. Speaking of worst fears, this is the one that came alive for me as we were talking last week on Thursday. Boy, it seemed like Dallas was the right side, right? An easy win, just a small favorite. But whenever you think the Eagles are dead, they pop back in. My guess, Eagles lose this week. Cowboys win, they get in. I'm telling you, like the Eagles are one of the strangest teams in the NFL. Just when you think that you could count them out, their defense puts up a performance for the ages. Look, you could say it was the Cowboys offense. I tend to give some good credit to the Eagles defense. They made every play yesterday, and they played well offensively, too. Carson Wentz, 319 and a touchdown. Sanders over the – I mean, boy, where was this guy at the beginning of the year? I wish. 79 yards uh, and a touchdown, five catches, 77 yards. Greg Ward is uh, going to be my favorite player in the NFL probably after the end of the year. Four for 71. (laughs) Uh, Goddard, nine for 91. Wow, touchdown because Ertz got hurt. He was in and out of the game. For uh, for Dallas Prescott, a complete bust. Two sixty-five for him. Ugh, Elliott forty-seven yards. Ugh, Cooper four for twenty-four. Terrible. And Gallup five for ninety-eight. And uh, boy, Dallas just—I mean, this was this was a big lesson to be learned uh, from the weekend. Where the the closer the weekend got to being over, the more and more I thought to myself, "My gosh, like this, how how is this going to end badly for Dallas in some way?" And boy, it it really did. It's just so sad. They have. Such good offense, Joe. Like Prescott, people want to like indict him and he doesn't, they shouldn't pay him. Yes, they should. I mean, how many quarterbacks are better than Prescott in the NFL? Eight, 10, 12, maybe? I mean, he's good. And so is Cooper. And I don't know what happened to Ezekiel Elliott this year, but all the things that went wrong for Dallas all season long went wrong in this game against Philadelphia. It was really a pathetic performance. And kudos to the Eagles. They came through when they needed to. And I, you know, I'm going to be very careful with them in the playoffs too, because you know what happens usually when they get in the playoffs, they surprise some people.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, Ezekiel getting hurt didn't help. Dak was not 100% going into this game. That didn't help. And then he had that run on the sideline area where he lowered his head and kind of took a shot there. And He took a shot on that same shoulder, which I don't know if you caught that, but it seemed like it definitely bothered him. <laughs> like, in different moments of the game on certain throws. Um, some weird play calling, too. I hated there was a big... Uh, conversion there they needed and he, and Prescott they had this whole design rollout which I always hate that on short yardage when you have the rollout because you cut off half the field I just thought that was a really weird play call at the time like in not like hindsight 2020 as soon as I saw them rolling out I was like oh why are they doing that you know why would you do that against the Eagles secondary because you're basically handing them half the field that they don't have to cover now and everyone just you know compensated over that was a very strange play call there another weird Jason Garrett you know fumble if it will um, but. Yeah, it's just the Eagles front played very well. This was a very – it felt like an 80s game. You know, like you look up at the score. This is what it felt like to watch football in the 80s sometimes, like 17-9 and, you know, playing a lot of defense and going back and forth. And Cowboys just have a ton of talent that they just can't play. This is another yeah. situation where the right coach, the right situation, somebody comes in there and better play calling, better usage of the talent. The Cowboys should be a team that plays much better than this record. They are not a 500-talent team. Unfortunately, I think they've been a, a – sub 500 coach team for a while now. And on the Eagle side of this, Miles Sanders, I know you say you haven't seen this coming, but since uh, October 20th, uh, this is a fun fact. So let's go to the 27th. That's the game against Buffalo, which was his first really big game of the year. Miles Sanders has averaged more than hundred all purpose yards and five catches a game. So I understand the touchdowns haven't always been there, but man, in the last couple of weeks, they've been here to close it out in December. So if you want to talk about a stock trending upward, it's Miles Sanders, and if you want to go early and take Michael Thomas with the number two or number three overall pick in a draft and you can come away with Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs as your two running backs in the second and third round, I gotta tell you, that's a heck of a way to start a fantasy PPR league. In six months Joe, we'll attack that.
1: Broncos beat the Lions 27-17 <laughs> to 17, uh, lock with 192 yards and a touchdown. Give you full transparency. I watched about uh, five minutes of this game in total. This is one of the one of the few games on the slate I did not I was very disappointed after the one o'clock Eastern game. So I just focused on the betting ones. Uh, Lindsay, 108 and a touchdown. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton had a nice game. Finally six for 65 and a touchdown. And unfortunately for Sutton, uh, kind of laid an egg here. If you had him in the championship five for 41, that's not enough. David Blau, 117 and a touchdown. Uh, carry on Johnson came back. If you played him, that was a mistake. 42 yards, uh, Gallaudet, six for 66 and a touchdown. This was the least exciting game to me, Joe, going into the day, honestly. Um, you know, a Blau playing for Detroit, just playing out the string. Denver getting these these meaningless wins at the end of the season. Detroit actually led this game for a while until Denver imposed their running will, as they do. Boy, Denver's such a boring blah team, to be honest with you. I hope next year that they spice things up a little bit. They'll end up with six or seven wins, I'm gonna guess. And then uh, the Lions are gonna have one of the top five picks in the NFL draft. Lions are doing things the right way, Joe. Here they're tanking toward the end, right? Like they got a right. start. Now they're finishing strong so they can secure that pick. Uh, whether it's probably either an offensive lineman or maybe a uh, not out a running back, probably but I'm a defensive player, I, the Lions. I, I think this was the right thing to do once they lost Stafford, just to lose every game the rest of the year.
2: I agree, I agree, and you can pretty much mark that up in the same decline right at that moment. And on the Broncos side, I think Fangio had to win some games here to save his job because I think he was kind of in danger there. So winning some games at the end of the year, yeah, it might hurt them draft stock wise, but. This is another team. They have Sutton. If you think Locke is going to be that guy, you can win with, okay. Lindsey's a very good running back. The defense has played well. Noah Fant has looked very good in the second half. He's had some injury issues, but overall certainly looked better. This is a team that has some pieces. This is a team that can be very competitive in a division that I think is, look, the Chiefs are the class of that division, but I think the Chargers are going to be in a full rebuild. Oakland, we'll see how they continue to transition here. Oakland will be competitive, but the Broncos have a shot here to be competitive in the AFC know. West next year. I, I think don't they know. do. Because know. they have a home field advantage. It's one of the few out there. In
1: September. But then after that, it goes away. Teams are conditioned at that point. I don't know. I don't know, man. Don't know.
2: I've watched the Patriots go and lose a ton of games in Denver over the years. Yeah, Peyton Manning. <laughs> not so Manning. Peyton Manning. Manning, Peyton Manning other years, they go in there and they get. I've seen a lot of teams go in there that we all think a lot of in the second half. They get tired in the in the wintertime. I remember going back to those. The heyday of Champ Bailey. saw so a lot of those. Yeah, because they had Terrell right. Davis,
1: you know, like, oh, no, no,
2: I mean that in between. I'm talking about like the uh, the era of the mid the mid late 2000s era that before before you got um, the the Peyton Manning over there, before you had those quarterback that quarterback changed. it had Brock Osweiler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was the Jay Cutler years. So that's what I'm talking. Oh about. no, Cutler was good. With Paul Jay Cutler was good enough. But I just I just don't know. I don't buy the. I think enough. that I, I think the coaching is bad.
1: I think that next year I don't I don't know. I, I think unless, Fangio's
2: a coordinator. They I think have to change, change their philosophy
1: offensively. You're not going to win a lot of games doing what they do. You're going to be six and six and ten, seven and nine every year. I, I may fade them next year. I don't know. I'm not seeing it like you are, but man, it could it could change. Uh, Raiders beat the Chargers 24-17. As we've talked about, the Raiders, uh, all they needed was a win last week, and this win this week would have put them in the playoffs. 291 for Carr. Washington played very well, 85 and a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, seven balls for 101 and a touchdown. Tyrell Williams, four for 82, and unfortunately in your Super Bowl, Waller did not come through, four for 37 there. Philip Rivers, 279 yards passing. Gordon did not get yards, but he did get volume. Two touchdowns on the ground, six catches, 32 yards. Austin Eckler, another good PPR game, five for fifty-eight. Keenan Allen, five for seventy-one, and Mike Williams for some reason only three catches for fifty-one yards. But that's been the story with him all season long. Rivers after the game just went ballistic, basically on the uh, fans, not on the fans specifically, but on playing in LA. Said it's nothing like it used to be, and it's just bad for the players. It's bad for everybody. Uh, you know, the response is pretty bad toward Rivers. Honestly, saying if you played better, more people would come on your side. And I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I, I guess so. All right, well, there's uh, another guy. I, 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 I got to tell you, I'm very, I'm very optimistic on the Raiders moving forward. I really am. I, I, am think, too. I, think, I, think, I think this is the team that I put ahead of Denver and say, okay, now this is a team with all these draft picks coming up. If they add a couple of studs, I could see them getting back into the playoff picture next year. I don't, and I like the coaching too, so it's a little different for me. With the Chargers, I agree. They should just tear it completely down. There's, no, there's nothing to say here.
2: That's well, there's another guy that we haven't talked a lot about, but if Philip Rivers has moved on from they, they split ways. That's another guy we mentioned, Andy Dalton earlier, but Bruce Arians getting Philip Rivers, who I think could still throw the football, and you give him Godwin, and you give him a wide open offense with Mike Evans and all of this, and maybe just give him a little bit of a running game. I don't know, man. Like I think you, I think you'd be better off that way. I know Rivers isn't perfect, but I think Rivers is burnt out. I think Rivers is done. He did not want to leave San Diego. He's not happy since they left San Diego. He lives in San Diego. I understand that. <laughs> That's but, crazy. Well, I would live in San Diego, too. Maybe I will someday. But uh, I, I don't I don't blame him. And I think the Chargers are another team. And, and here's another Denver scenario where they could be good. If the Chargers tear it all down and it's a whole big rebuild there and you got some other, if it's Tyrod Taylor, or somebody else playing quarterback, I don't know, man. I, I still give the defense travels and the, and the Denver Broncos can play a little defense.
1: Yeah, i am not buying that. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we got the Cardinals and Seahawks. Some uh, a massive, the biggest upset of the day for sure. And it looks like the, Se- the Seahawks have a lot of work to do as they head toward the playoffs. Don't go away.
0: DailyRoto.com Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
1: Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com Optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia here with you. Uh, Cardinals pull off the pretty big upset, maybe the biggest one of the day on uh, Sunday. Cardinals beat Seattle 27-13. Kyler Murray was hurt in this one and is questionable for Week 17. His rookie season could be done. 118 yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, who we illustrated at the top of our show, if you want to go back and listen on demand. Fantasy MVP in the playoffs, 166 and two touchdowns, added three receptions. was an absolute monster. Larry Fitzgerald, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. For Seattle, it's a little bit more complicated as they were not only outworked yesterday, but they lost a lot of players. Dwayne Brown is going to be out for the year. Uh, They're a great tackle. Russell Wilson threw for 169 yards. Chris Carson had a hip injury. He got hurt. They brought in CJ ProSize. He got hurt and uh, ProSize didn't do much. Carson, eight for 40. Hollister, five for 64. Uh, Wilson is going to be running for his life, it feels like, over the next couple of weeks. There was a report, Joe, this morning that the Seahawks are talking, are going to talk to two running backs, one being CJ Anderson, which makes sense, and the other is Marshawn Lynch. So that would <laughs> certainly uh, it's not a this is not a joke. So this no, is certainly, I know it's not. I know. Yeah, so this is certainly interesting to see. Uh, both of those running backs, to me, are done. And they're just fun names to talk about. I cannot see that reunion going well on either side, given that neither that Lynch hasn't played football in over a year and C.J. Anderson was, was just basically caught. Uh, I don't want to downgrade and I don't want to overreact too much to this because the Cardinals played very well against Seattle in both games. And sometimes that happens. Teams just have your number. It, it feels mm-hmm. like Arizona hey, had Seattle. the Cardinals played
2: cover. well against the 49ers, too.
1: Yeah, they uh, they made a lot of mistakes, but that's a team on the rise for next year. I'm probably, like I said, going to go over their uh, win total for next year. I like I like the way that they're trending. Seattle has to go to San Francisco in the last game of the season.
2: They certainly could win. Nothing would shock me. They still have Wilson. No, the this one's quarterback. in Seattle. This one's in Seattle. Oh, it's in Seattle. OK, mm-hmm. so they, they, they went and they beat San Francisco in San Francisco, which is in that overtime. Remember, that was the right. Was they the they could win.
1: Florida. They could win, but they're going to be up against it in a big way. And their home mm-hmm. field advantage is not nearly what it used to be. Right. So I feel like their season is on the line Sunday to a degree, because if they lose Sunday, I just, I don't know. I mean, should I, I hate to count out Wilson cause he's so good, but man, these, in, these are some massive injuries, no running backs and no tackle. I, I don't know how they get through this. And, um, you know, I guess uh, Cardinals will probably lay down next week. There's just no reason for them to play, but really interesting uh, finish to this one to see all those injuries for the Seahawks. I don't know what they do.
2: I think Anderson's the way. I mean, look, Anderson came in last year about the same time and helped the Rams go all the way to the Super Bowl, didn't he? So it's not like the guy can't do it. It's not like the guy can't pick things up. You know, The the run scheme that they run with Chris Carson isn't a complicated one. (laughs) So I think Anderson can certainly be that guy. Uh, Ajayi was signed a couple weeks ago. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have been in this mix too and probably would have been the best fit for what Seattle likes to do. Uh, But yeah, they're definitely in trouble here. Seattle is definitely in trouble. They keep flip-flopping with... San Francisco in that one to five, see back and forth now for a couple of weeks and everything you said is right. And I've been saying all year that home field advantage is not what she used to be. And the defense is the problem. I mean, the defense is very inconsistent and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they gear up and we'll see if Russell Wilson has one more big time moment in him. I think Pete Carroll's going to have to play a little fast and loose with this offense because of the injuries they've had. And take some chances and take some shots. And if anybody's up to that task, I think it's Russell Wilson. Uh, that being said, you give me a lot of crap the last couple of weeks because I've been bad and I admittedly bad. But uh, what was my upset special this week on the wow. uh, on the you're Really, show, you're really right? going to go
1: there after losing well, like seven seven in a row? Not what, seven in what? a row. Three, yeah. three. No, not a lot more seven.
2: Than not no three. How are you ever going to give me credit when I get one right? Or I have to bring it up like you have to,
1: I didn't I didn't hear it. You have to bring it. You lost in week 11, week 12, week 13, week 14, week 15. So that's six.
2: Was that right this week? Yep. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on being one in seven. No, just once in a while. would be nice to get like, a, hey, Dude, you've you been crappy you lately. Good job. Way to, way to get one you know, right for a change. You know, lose. Finally, like that would right, be they're, nice. They're, they're, I didn't, didn't even you know tease what? Me I, about it.
1: I, I didn't listen. I, I honestly didn't listen. Well,
2: maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe you should stop listening and I'd be right more often. Maybe it's too much pressure.
0: I'm just. You, I'm you had it, with your, it. your last. I did your get last it right, play, but I'm messing ten, with you.
1: Week ten was your last uh, week. Winner was your last winner. Pittsburgh was your last one. I got the list. <laughs> I got the list here. All right, <laughs> well, put, um, put the Cardinals on the list because that was this week. <laughs> your upset special plus nine. All right, there. You yeah, go. There it you was. Go. <laughs> Congratulations, Joe. You've, no,
2: you've, you've, not you've gra- it's not that. It's a. I'm joking. I'm making a joke. That's all. It's fun. It's, it's hysterical. Don't take ourselves too seriously here.
1: Okay, uh let's let's uh close out here with uh the last two NFL uh games. Uh first of all, last night, I don't need to spend too much time on this one. Chiefs and Bears. Chiefs dominated from start to finish. The defense was good, the Bears were terrible. Would you like to add anything? I don't even need to go into the stats here. It was just a horrible uh, I, horrible no. game. Uh Chiefs dominated. They, you know, smashed the Bears. What are you going to say at this point? I don't I don't know what the Bears do. I know I know that if I was betting on a team to win the Super Bowl, uh Uh, Clearly, the Ravens are the favorite, but you have no money making ability there. Uh, I would take the
2: Chiefs just to throw a dart. Yeah, well, just just a few small things, which is the Chiefs' defense has played much better the last few weeks, much you know, just overall. And it was even before that New England game; they've been playing better. If you go back and look at the game log, not just fantasy wise, but real life football. And the other thing is just I just love watching Patrick Mahomes play quarterback. It's just so much fun. I know everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm still in love with Patrick Mahomes just as much. So uh, everybody's all on to the hot new thing. I still like Mr. Mahomes. He's uh, he's he's just I think he's got an opportunity to get to that whole Breeze Brady Manning group of guys. That's how good I think. He yeah, is. he's it's fantastic.
1: OK, so uh, that closes the book on the Sunday games. Just real quick from the Saturday perspective. 49ers beat the Rams Patriots beat the bills and the Texans edged the Buccaneers in what I would say. And there were a lot of college bowl games Saturday. So I was going back and forth, but I would say that Saturday was the best NFL day of the season. I, I think it was Those, I agree. All, all three games were good. All three games were competitive and all three games came right down to the end. I, I thought Saturday's NFL
2: was the best NFL day of the year. It was terrific. It was really fun. Although that Texans bucks game was sloppy It was great, though. It was still a fun game to watch, right? Like I said, it's playing Madden on beginner level where you can intercept every pass and uh, all these kind of wacky things happen and the defense isn't quite as good. The Texans continue to be a very strange football team. I I just I can't get a beat on them whatsoever. And it just it was just laughable to me because I was no sooner adding the Jameis Winston news about the possibility of them keeping him uh, doing the show sheets for Sunday morning show. And I see this news come across I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about that. And I'll put that to the fantasy round table to the discussion with Davis and Jim. And then the kickoff starts and then he throws a pick. And I just thought to myself, man, like this is classic. It's so Jameis Winston. It just, it's so incredible. Ronald Jones, surprisingly decent in that game too, at times, um, catching the football. Yeah. So just when you keep writing him off, he's interesting. Uh, I really was impressed with Josh Allen. I mean, the Bills really did a good job of staying with those Patriots. He made some big throws there. He made a big throw to John Brown, some big throws to Cole Beasley, who's been terrific there. I thought that was a great offseason signing. I, I love what I saw out of Beasley in Dallas, and I thought he's the perfect guy for Josh Allen, and he really has But He's been the steady guy. Um, and I think overall, you look at that Bills team, is they're the ones that are going to take that mantle in the East when the Pats finally fold up the 10s, and they're going to eventually. Now, we'll see what happens because – We've seen them fold up the 10s for like a year and then they go another run of winning 11 straight. So who knows? But 17 of the last 19 years, the New England Patriots have won the AFC East, which is staggering. And then in the night game, look, I thought the Rams had that game. They should have won that game. The Rams continue to be the Rams. And the 49ers, I give them credit for winning, but I just don't look at that as an impressive win because the Rams were basically taking it to them. And the Rams are not a good football team. So like I said, I, they're probably going to win by default now because of all the injuries, for Seattle, but... I don't know. I'll still take the Saints out of the NFC. How about you?
1: Yeah, I still got the 49ers. The Falcons beat the 49ers too. But yeah, they have the thing that I like about the 49ers is they win all these close games. Like if they would lose some of them, then I would not well, let's be. Say they impressed. lost a
2: close game to the Ravens. They lost an overtime game to the Seahawks. I'm trying to think like they're the in every, lost they're in every court.
1: game. I, I like I like I like knowing my team is going down to the last 2 minutes with a chance to win. That's all I want. That's all I want. In both you don't gambling feel that way and reality. The Saints? Um no, the Saints are good too. Saints are good too, yeah. But again, they're another team that's gonna go down to the end. Uh, By the way, um, it it would it would have been unfair. um, And we'll probably can re ask you this question next week. But um, what is your final prediction here on how far the Patriots go this year? I mean, if you want, we can wait till after next week. If you want, Uh, we can talk about it tomorrow. I think that's more fun. I'll say this: Did you notice? I I think we're getting to the point where, where, um, where we kind of know where they're at here. Like, I I I think we do.
2: I, I thought it was interesting that they brought that linebacker Robertson to play fullback finally. And they started running the football with a fullback, which is something they did all of last year. But when Devlin got hurt, they got away from it. And all of a sudden, Sonny Michel was good again, quote unquote, because that's what they have to do. They have to get back to that power eyed running game, go back to a little bit of smash mouth, play defense, run the football, because they just frankly don't have the pieces on offense. Now, next year, if they go back and surround, you know, part of the reason why Drew Brees has been so damn good is because they've been they've done such a phenomenal job of putting talent around him. They gave him Michael Thomas in his later years. They've given him Alvin Kamara. Where are these pieces? They they don't exist for Tom Brady. They just don't. Julian Ellman's a hell of a player, but he's got his limitations. And they don't, I mean, they don't have these kind of guys. When's the last time you want to take somebody first overall in a fantasy league from the New England Patriots? Meanwhile, every year we're fighting over Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and all these other pieces on the Saints every year. So, no, like, where, where's the dynamic change. playmaker? Yeah, they may have to change the way they think
1: a little bit. But again, they tried. They drafted to kill Harry in the first round, and he's been a non-factor. I mean, that's basically it.
2: Did you they, think he was going to be? I mean, he's played better down the stretch. I, I thought he would
1: be great for New England. Yep.
2: So what? Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's not lose steam. You know, let's let's maybe next year. No, you know? But other
1: guys have played better than him that were drafted lower. And, yeah, but it doesn't and, mean, in a year two he can't figure it out and get better. No, no. But DJ Moore rather, was
2: a disappointment last year, too, and all of a sudden... But, but right, now,
1: right now, you'd rather have McClure than then kill Harry. And without That's fair,
2: but you could have said the same thing last year. A lot of people wrote off DJ Moore, and look at what he'd become this year. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I feel like the Patriots are really smart, and they don't see it with Harry. But, you know, look, that could that could change next year for sure, but he was great in college. I, I thought that was a phenomenal pick, and... For the first time in a while, a player they picked was uh, a year one bust. No doubt about that. All right, coming up next, we'll dive into some of the NFL injuries, some news around baseball, Monday Night Preview as well. the
0: DailyRoto.com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
1: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. And the injury list is long in the NFL. Fortunately for a lot of people, it doesn't matter. Because in fantasy, the season is more or less over unless you're playing Week 17 or DFS. So we'll dive into DFS later on in the week for sure. Or, uh, or maybe even tomorrow. Because I think... Uh, we're going to have a different schedule this week, but let's, uh, let's talk about the NFL injuries. We got uh, the Seattle losing both of their running backs, Chris Carson and CJ pro Carson finishes the season, Joe with 1200 yards and seven touchdowns rushing and finished with RB one numbers. There was really, uh, you know, he wasn't, uh, the best in the nfl but he certainly was startable every single week as an rb1 rock solid guy there was a, a point in the season where it was a little nervousness because he fumbled but I, I would say that drafting him overall wherever you did was a success this year right i mean
0: it, it oh out. S-
2: from an adp perspective you got him as a low-end rb2 and i think he's basically graded out as a low-end rb1 yeah So you fair. can't ask more for that but i'll tell you this much i think it will be a mistake next year to draft him as an rb1 So don't that's probably fair. Yeah, I think I think that's the approach. So if if you're talking about that, the guys I talked about, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, those are all guys I would take ahead of Chris Carson. So don't get caught into the narrative of how good Russell Wilson is. And the Seahawks are a very, you know, more well covered team. And yeah, it's funny. We don't talk about that ever. But to a certain extent, the teams that get a lot of publicity certainly get their fantasy assets inflated to a certain degree it happens in baseball it happens in in football as well so don't fall into that trap with chris carson draft him as an rb2 i think you'll still be happy with what you get out of him if he's your rb1 i think you went wrong somewhere
1: all right uh kyler murray his season probably over too. joe um he is he is not the favorite for rookie of the year it is jacobs right now it's interesting that both those guys probably going into the last week of the season are not going to play uh, but if this is the closing the book on Murray, I would say it. this typifies exactly what a rookie quarterback season should probably look like. And I would guess, Joe, that he'll be better. He'll make better decisions in his second year. It was a little bit uneven, but he was probably startable in about 60 to 70 percent of the fantasy games this year. So I would have to give the thumbs up for Murray on the year overall.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a very good assessment there. I don't know how much I have um, to add, but yeah, I think. Uh, All right. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, uh, Mark Ingram's hurt.
1: The Ravens do not play this week. They do not play the following week. He has three weeks to get ready, so there's really not a lot of concern there. They We wouldn't have played this week even if he was healthy. Uh, Haskins' season looks like it comes to an end, Joe, for him with the Washington Redskins, the quarterback there. Uh, he probably has a little bit more work to do than Murray, and they're going to have to surround him with a better offensive line. That's first and foremost. He does have some surprising weapons, as we mentioned. McLaurin and Sims, pretty good. You know, it's interesting that you said that they close the book on Geis. I wonder if they will actually do that. I mean, you have to have a backup plan next year. I agree with you. It's- I don't
2: think you have the backup. I think Geis is the backup plan next year. Maybe That's so. the difference in mindset. Geis came back, and for those two games, he was healthy. And even that first quarter of that Packer game, he looked great. He looked like exactly the guy that you go, this is why I was so excited about Darius Geis. Oh, my God. Now, granted, in Dynasty Leagues, when people are, you know, dropping or or just you can have him for free for somewhere – I would consider taking a flyer yep. because you never know what happens, especially with a guy that what you know he has talent. It's just a matter of health. But if you're the Redskins, you can't go down this road again. And I feel bad because can the Redskins have a season that doesn't end with their quarterback being carted off the field, whether it be RG3 or Alex Smith? No, that's true. Or, Love I mean, it. literally carted off the field every year. Where you just look at it and go, well, there's the end of another quarterback era. <laughs> it's, just, it's just sad. I hope that true. won't be the case here, yep. but – guys can't be the number one. He has to be the backup yeah, at the next year.
1: Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore got hurt. No reason for him to play next week. Carolina is going to be in uh, you know, kind of a just get the season over with mode and try and get McCaffrey as many yards as he can to break every record. If By the way, McCaffrey would be number one with a bullet for me in every fantasy league next. He already is, but even in DFS. I told you last
2: week, right? Remember, do you remember what his RPV for RB1 was? His relative position value plus 71. That means he's 71% better than the middle of the running back one that means the mid the top 12 guys that's how much better he is that's crazy
1: next week i would put him in in every every lineup i mean they're gonna try and just have him break every record they're playing where's he
2: at out. now with everything record wise because i'm trying to think like i think he's i think he's at um is he at 2000 uh he's over 2000 all purpose already is he not i think he's third in history right now okay so is it is it is number one attainable i'm not sure what that all purpose record is off the top of my head um I know what the full time rushing all time rushing record is, but who's got the all time all well, purpose? Is that LT the first
1: running back with two one hundred catch seasons? Um, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll have to look that up and see if he can attain it. We'll we'll touch on it tomorrow since we're running out of time. Yeah. All right, Monday Monday Night Football uh, Vikings Packers tonight. You want to take any stab at this here? Any interest? Uh, Vikings uh, minus five and a half. Uh,
2: I would take the Packers side of this one. I I don't know. I just with all these questions about the running game, with all these questions about Thielens health. There's a lot of questions, and I think Minnesota is one of the few home field advantages that's out there. Defense has played much better, but where they struggle is the cornerback, and unfortunately, Xavier Rhodes has not been good. It's a really good matchup for Devontae Adams, so if Rodgers can get him the football consistently, this could be a huge game for him. Uh, I don't know if the Packers are going to win, but I think they're going to – the, the win in terms of the betting line of this game. How do you feel about this five and a half?
1: I hate the game. I don't like it at all because the Packers feel like the right side, which means it's the Vikings. But <laughs> is 0 and 8 on Monday night. I mean, how can you make the Packers five and a half point underdogs in a game? Well, the reason why is, is, is they're smart when they make the line because they want you to take Green Bay. Um, I'm passing completely over under That's passing fair. side total passing focused on uh, college football today, 2.30 Eastern game. UCF and Marshall and uh, we'll take Marshall plus the points in that one all right over uh, to baseball let's get to the news from over the weekend the biggest signing actually happened last night late as Hunjin Ro signs a four-year 80 million dollar contract with the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow like I, I mean I <laughs> thought I thought the I thought the Blue Jays were headed right down the good path you know like look you're I don't care what Boston does you're not as good as Boston. You are definitely not as good as Tampa Bay, and you are absolutely not as good as the Yankees. So you have an excuse. I understand that this is it's very hard, Joe, to tank in Toronto. Okay, it's like their team. They love their baseball. It's like San Francisco. It is like St. Louis. Oh, yeah. And and you have to show effort. Yeah, you have to show effort. But they had a good excuse, man. Like you have three young offensive players and. You know, you have some pieces. You could trade Giles at the deadline this year, and you have Pearson coming to be your number two starter. And you signed Roark to start opening day. Yeah, he's going to eat some innings for you, and you're going to finish with seventy wins.
2: Opening day now. (laughs) He could have
1: finished. They could have finished with seventy wins. No one would have said boo. And then you go back into it in the offseason. Then, then next year is the year that you go for it. But these dudes paid eighty million for (laughs) Ryu. You could have had Wheeler for like a little bit more. Like, well, that, I feel like, that's the problem. the problem. I feel is- like there's a major overreaction like to this to this market. And and I, and I and listen, I hope I'm wrong, and these baseball guys are a lot smarter than me. What I feel, Joe, is that there's got to be some pressure on their president Mark Shapiro and their general manager to do something. There's there had to be something coming from up above because this is not a normal deal after all the main guys have signed. And I and I I, I should be happy because I love when baseball teams are actually spending money. But how is this deal going to look like in two years,
2: Joe? Wow, shocking. Uh, yeah, it was shocking the amount of years. I, I, I wouldn't. If you told me it was a two-year deal,
1: even for forty high, million, yeah, well, I was gonna
2: say even even more. Even was a two-year for I don't know, crazy like tw- like twenty-five a year. Where you're like, why is it? Pay-? You know what? You go okay. It's two years. You're trying to make a gateway where you have a guy at the top of the rotation, and I get it. And Rio was brilliant last year, and I am one of the few people that looks. You know, deeper into the stats and says, I think Ryu would be a pretty good American League pitcher because he keeps the ball down and he is not necessarily the guy that has to rely on striking you out in order to get out. He, you know, he pitches to contact, he keeps the ball down, he does a lot of things well, he doesn't walk anybody. And that's a huge plus. I thought this was the guy the Angels should have gone after, but clearly, after the contract he got from the Blue Jays, I could see the Angels going, Well, we're not getting involved in a five year deal or a four for even for a hundred. Hyunjin Ryu, a guy who's missed a ton of a time of his career, it was a very strange, very strange deal. I I don't get it at all. And you, and you lose a draft pick if and you lose the draft pick, which is even what more the to world? the point. It's oh my it, god, it is so bizarre. Um, I guess the only question is, are we at a point now where the Blue Jays go? Well, hell, maybe that's just the beginning. Maybe they're going to flip one of these prime prospects they have and bring in a Carlos Carrasco. Maybe they're going to flip one of these Miles. prospects and bring in another pitcher. Not,
1: they don't have enough, man. And they go for it. Enough. I don't. Well, they also I, signed. Let's let's go d- deeper here. They yeah. signed Travis Shaw for four million, who I love Travis. Shaw. I hope he turns it around. He's such a nice guy, but um, he's going to have a chance to play every single day. It, it does feel like, Joe, that the Blue Jays want to be competitive. I think it's a mistake.
2: Well, that was a good signing because it gives you some flexibility. There, you can move Vlad to those DH days. Let Shaw play a little third base. Let him play a little first. And you saw Justin Smoke sign this weekend too. He signed with the Brewers, which is weird because we were just talking about Ryan Healy kind of filling that first third vibe. And now you bring in Smoke, which I mean, I guess that makes Healy the everyday third baseman. It looks Garcia like Garcia goes yeah. to shortstop, I, like, I'm trying to like figure out what the Brewers are doing. But you bring yeah, where's, in where's Braun going to play? Well, I can only assume is Braun now a platoon player? With I smoke,
1: guess. I guess. I don't know.
2: I, or, or I don't know. I'm not really
1: running. sure. I'm not really sure. Milwaukee. I feel like they just had to add a lot of pieces. And then in spring training, they'll figure it out. I they, guess they I lost too much the, offense.
2: I understand the Shaw signing for the Blue Jays. I think it makes sense because of the flexibility defensively. And if you get him back right offensively, terrific. But the flexibility, I think this is that's what this was all about. Can a guy cover what we lost with smoke? Can we can he cover Vlad on off days where we wanted to DH and take a little bit off, you know, the, the body? Totally, that's a really That's a good signing by the Blue Jays. The real one, I don't know, man. I'm just scratching my head. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that was that was to me. That's the worst one so far of the off season. Uh, tr- uh, Dallas Keichel signs with the White Sox again. The White Sox have had a hard time getting guys. They've they've picked other teams. They have offered the money over the last couple of years. So the White Sox Joe go into next year with a pretty solid rotation. I'm gonna guess. Boy, I don't know. Who do you think starts opening day for the White Sox? Are they do they just? They don't hand it to Keuchel, huh? No,
2: I don't think so. I think you yeah. I think you make a statement. Well, Gialito was dominant last year. I
1: know, but Keuchel, Cy Young Award, World Series champion. Well, maybe
2: so. was one, three years ago and nobody wanted to touch him. He was last good year.
1: last year. He was good. He was he good. Was, he, wasn't he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. So they have. Let's assume you're right. Gialito, Keuchel. Well, Reynaldo here's the open
2: at home or on the road.
1: I, I haven't looked at that. I don't know
2: if they open on the road. Then it's probably Keichel.
1: Uh Well, those three guys that they have are solid, right? One, two, three. Really good start. I'll oh, and one, and, really- and Gio Gonzalez is the four. Pretty good.
2: Gio Gonzalez is the four. And Dylan Cease is the one. Uh, Dylan Cease is the one that I'm looking at. I know Ronald Lopez is in that. And rotation then too. Kopech. And then Kopech back. on the way. But Cease is the one to me that's most intriguing. Go look at the end of the year game log for Dylan Cease. Go look at some of those strikeout to walk ratios. Go look at a guy where it looked like things were starting to click and confidence was coming at the end of the year. Yeah, it's only September. But at the same time, you wanted to see some better control. You wanted to see some upswing, and he started to see that with him. And he is going to be free. So if you're, I don't think he could be what Giolito was last year, right? But I'm going to tell you right now, in a lot of deep leagues, I'm going to have a lot of shares of Dylan Cease because he's free and because of the upside he has to be a middle of the rotation fantasy starter potentially. Right, you we'll could see like a Flaherty-like season maybe. from him potentially. That's that's a big jump.
1: Yeah, All big right, jump. Cu- coming up next, we will have the two-minute warning here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe Pizzapia.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is time for us to end the show on the Monday with the two-minute warning.
0: The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your together. Is that going to be enough time? Well, here
1: it is tonight for all the marbles for some of you, the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. And what's really fascinating about this game is one player. It's one name and one name that no one talked about at any point during the fantasy season. And that, of course, is Mike Boone. The third string running back for the Minnesota Vikings has a chance if you're down 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 points to win a fantasy league. But let me remind you of those of you and those people and everybody who's listening out there. It's what makes fantasy football great and what also makes fantasy football so lucky. You never know at the end of the year who's going to end up starring for you in the final week of the season. But that being said, roll with Boone. Good luck tonight. We'll see how it works out and check back with you on Championship Tuesday, which is tomorrow. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Sean Guastamaki for producing. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is coming your way next Joe and I will have a Christmas Eve edition of this show. It is tomorrow at noon, and we will talk to you then. Enjoy Monday Night Football, everybody. See ya.